Hey there, film buds. Welcome uh, to another episode of, actually, I guess it's more like buds being buds than it is properly film buds. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that that's fair. Okay. Um, you can, of course, announce yourself as well. Hi, I'm Lauren. There we go. Um, you know, just so that way they've got a, you know, a sense of who all's here. <laughs> it's just uh, the two of us. In case this is your first episode. Um, I hope it's not. Um, I hope of... that someone had, like, if anyone ends up listening to this and this is their, like, first taste of, of us. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I hope that they would have had, like, a proper episode instead of this first, but hey. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, so this is a, a little bit of a bonus episode, which is, I guess, also why I'm calling it more of a, a Buds Being Buds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we... Over the weekend, went and saw um, Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, by Daniels, and we saw um, Ambulance, directed by Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we decided to go and do a little bonus uh, episode, bonus review of kind of both of them. It's not going to be probably as in-depth, you know, as our usual show, especially since they are new releases and things like that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and sort of jump on into to talking about both of them. Um, so the first thing that we saw was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, we went Friday night. It ended up actually only doing, um, I think, like six million over the weekend, um, which I found a little bit surprising. Apparently it's still not in a lot of cities mm. right now. Um, but our theater was packed Friday night. Oh, yeah. Night. No, like it was... It was pretty pretty full, honestly. I would say like ninety ninety eight percent of the theater was full. Yeah. Um, so everything everywhere all at once uh is directed by Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Um who Oh, go... I get it now, the Daniels. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so they they directed this together under the sort of joint moniker of Daniels. Um, I like that. And wrote it as well. Uh, it stars Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Su, uh, Ki Hai Kwan, James Hong, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And the premise is an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Um, so, dear, uh, what did what did you think of of everything everywhere all at once um i really enjoyed this movie for a lot of different reasons i i'm i really enjoyed that the the title kind of played into this chapter titles instead of it because i was i was really curious of what what you know makes it makes this kind of title you know, everything everywhere all at once unless you have a very specific idea in mind could just be gobbledygook yeah um, but I really enjoyed that it it led into the the narrative so directly. Um, I do not think that this movie is for everyone. I think that it has like a lot of crude humor in it. Um, just like kind of just like randomly, you know, it it, it felt like a really um, I, I I described it the other day as like a sophisticated like Rick and Morty bits like they're not all the time but they're definitely like moments that like would have would have made my mother blush yeah or just you know or very um 
I think kind of the the sort of weird out there ideas that you just see across a lot of you know media today, like the hot dog finger kind of thing. Yeah, you know, was... feels very um, salad fingers. You know, kind of weird. No, yeah, culture <clears throat> exactly influence um, kind of stuff. But like for the most part, I think that there's a lot of heart to this story, and it's an it's an interesting perspective from a from a type of character that we don't get a lot of leading roles from. Um, and I just, I really, like, at bare bones, like, really enjoyed this movie a lot. I think that, um, it's, like, sausage party antics at points are, like, just enough without being, like, what the entire movie is about, you know? Because I think that they take the, the idea of it being, like, an infinite universe is that she's pulling from experiences, like, literally. And so, like, anything is possible, including a universe where she has hot dog fingers. Yeah. Um... No, this is one that I was pretty excited for, even though I wasn't familiar with uh, the creative team behind it. Uh, you know, I, I got roped into it more so through, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm -hmm. and then eventually seeing a trailer. And um, once I saw a trailer, I was absolutely fascinated with what this movie was going to be. Uh, I thought that it looked really exciting. Um and going into it, you know, it, it had that limited release. And so going into it, there was a certain amount of like awareness that I definitely had about what the online opinion was sort of of this movie, which isn't necessarily, you know, a sampling of the of the pub public at large. Um, but there was definitely like a high bar, I think, that this film generated for itself with all of its little buzz from its first opening weekend. Um, and I think that it definitely lived up to a lot of that hype. Um, you are right. They decide to take that premise of, like, everything, everywhere, all at once to its most literal extreme um, at times where, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to make any kind of sense. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's really going for it. But they also treat it dead seriously as no, well. Yeah. You know, like, even though it's... <clears throat> It's people with hot dog fingers. There's, like, a semi-serious narrative that's happening. No, yeah, but I guess that's why I, I like, made it more of, like, a, a, a Rick and Morty in my yeah. mind. Like, you know, those alternate universes. Like, what if, they, if somebody took those, like, ultra-serious? Yeah. You know, and just and gave me, like, the day of, of this person. And so I think that it's super, super fascinating just how far-reaching it is, you know, because so often the notion of of infinite possibility also just seems very um you know and we do a quick costume change and that's the extent of mm -hmm. you know the sort of alternate reality stuff and they really go and fully play with every tangible possibility and outcome of of what that looks like um yeah which i really respected and really enjoyed um a lot and I thought that, um, you know, it does have this very grounding narrative about, you know, sort of what could have been and, and who we are versus who we wanted to be, you yeah. know, at any given time in our life. Um, it's like expectation versus reality of like a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, it's interesting, the, the villain of the movie you know, is, without getting into into too much spoilers, is kind of what 
the the theoretical hope is for um what you want out of the future but sort of taken to its next to its like darkest extreme Mm -hmm. you know in the future theoretically anything is possible and you want the future to theoretically you know be the best possible version of it but there Mm -hmm. is a chance that it's also you know the worst possible outcome for it but it's it's everything all again it's sort of it's sort of all of it all happening at once inside of one character as well no yeah um so I guess I have a random question. This was something that I was thinking about the entire movie. Is the dad the kid from the Goonies? I don't know. Yes. It is! It is! And Indiana Jones, oh my god. Ah. He was incredible. He did <clears throat> such a good job, but the entire time I was staring at his face and I was hearing his voice and I was like... All I can hear is that little kid, and I, it was driving me nuts, and I completely forgot about it, and I knew we were going to talk about it today, and I'm, I'm glad that I remembered this thought to have, because it was, no, yeah. it was driving me insane. Let's get a little bit more specific with the cast. I thought that the entire cast did a tremendous job. Yes, um, yes. I didn't think that anyone was lacking at all. Um, everyone was giving me... Um, top tier performance and I think everyone knew exactly what this was no yeah and I also like as as an as an actor um I would have loved to be in something like this mm-hmm. like it's just so much fun there's so much character work involved because with every universe there's a different version of all of our main characters within that universe and that leads to you know different extremes of what these characters can be you know um the dad in some universes is like a meek man who's just like a happy-go-lucky dude whereas like in other universes he's like an action star and it's just like so interesting having so much range as well for them to play with and all of them doing such a great job with with each of them that none of them felt false as well no yeah every one of their versions sort of felt authentic and felt also within you know with certain actors, I think especially, it felt within, like, some of their types mm-hmm. as well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice to also see a movie sort of demand so much from, from so many because um, every everyone had to do sort of some of this to a degree, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't often get chances to do something so... Um, incredibly big and sometimes campy on a certain level. Mm-hmm. And she's she and like everybody is just having a, they're they're having a great time doing this. Yeah, um, and obviously Michelle Yeoh is absolutely throwing herself into this movie. Oh, she just oh, uh, it's just it's just oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's she's been around for forever. Um, but you know, as she has talked about it. it it isn't often that you get something like this, especially when you do turn a certain age in the entertainment industry. It's not something that you get, um, it's not often that you get something like this, you know, above a certain point. And this is such a great character and such a, such a wonderful, uh, story. No, yeah, and I also feel like it is, it's very relatable also, you know, there are, there are a lot of, like, cultural things that are happening, but for the most part, it's it's centered around our main character of El- Evelyn, who is, like, I don't know, how old would you say she is, like, in her 50s? You know? Yeah. 
fifties with a failing business and a failing marriage and just trying to figure it out. And I think that that's a completely, you know, that's something that's relatable for a lot of people, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a lot of areas. And so I love the fact that like, this wasn't just told as like another, you know, white perspective story, but it's still something that it's, it's a universal concept. Yeah. It hits at, the truth of of something that we've talked about before, which is that, you know, no matter what sort of cinematic cultural tradition that you're looking at, from any sort of point in time, if you really peel it all away, at the core of it is a a certain universal human experience, right? Yeah. Um, And that's definitely what happens here. Mm Mm-hmm. Because who hasn't felt like they're a little bit lost, you know, at where they are in their life. Um, No, yeah. Or that that things didn't turn out the way that they wanted them to, you know, no matter kind of what they tried. Mm -hmm. It never really panned out into something. And I thought that this movie was really creative with, like, its message and how it was going to tell us this story. Because, like, it, it for the, basically the entire movie, it, like, subverts your expectations, a lot of the time you know it's still a hero's journey story but it doesn't do them the the tropes in quite um the way that you expect mm-hmm. um and you know characters also had complicated sort of emotional portraits you know the the husband even though he wasn't a bad guy you know this had been kind of his dream and she kind of went and followed his dream mm-hmm you know, even if it did at times cost her something that she was interested in or mm-hmm. could have gone and pursued further. Um, but also ultimately ends up coming around to finding a lot of, like, peace and happiness with, with the life that she has. No, well. yeah. Because, like, you know, once, I guess, you see infinite possibilities, like, at the end of the day, this is such a human thing, is to is to still want the life that you had, regardless, you know, after you come fully around to the... Because, like, this is the thing that's also yours, you know? Of all of these things, this is the... This is mine. It's not somebody else's. Yeah. I'm not coveting somebody else's things here. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, no, I thought that this movie was was a great experience for me. It's a definitely like a like a must buy. I really want to watch this movie again in a less crowded environment. Yeah, um, because our neighbors were nightmares. Yeah, the on entire... both sides we had chatty Cathy's. Yeah, for just the longest, like nobody really cares, and it would always be in the quietest <laughs> moments of the movies where these people were like, "My thought needs to be heard three rows back," and I'm like, "Just shut up." Um, but. Beyond that, I I agree with you completely, um, and I agree with you about the theater that we saw it in as well. Um, but no, I think that this is definitely one that's worth a rewatch. I think that um, it kind of scratches some of that similar itch as other kind of um, sort of like absurdist. Um, absurdist films kind of like almost um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i was thinking like wes anderson has a lot of like absurd things that he does Mm -hmm. in movies um um i was also gonna say uh the truman show oh yeah is on a certain level like an absurdist concept no Um, yeah and um i thought that it was just really creative as well um a lot of visual interesting things happen like with, with 
camera work and with um the way that they do a lot of the the CGI it's you know it's 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 fun there's a lot of practical stuff happening as well but like i think that they really amp up it with like all of the effects yeah everything looks great um you know they keep it simple when they need to mm-hmm. and so the only time that they need to go insane with the visuals they have that ability to really dive into it because for the most part they do keep it pretty pretty simple and pretty pretty handmade and practical um and that's also the benefit of like staging the central narrative in one location as well that's one of the smart storytelling devices that they do is like all of your pretty much every location even like the alternate timelines and alternate universe stuff that you go to pretty much every single one is contained inside of a singular location Mm -hmm. um, or something that can be shot in a way or a location that can be shot in a way but you can make it look like it's a lot of space when you're dealing with you know only a little bit Mm -hmm. um so really really smart way to to make your budget work in your favor you know it's not like every time that you're going to an alternate universe it's also a different location yeah no i thought that also that was really tight um having each each alternate location we go to multiple times throughout the the narrative and so you kind of get to see this multiple stories unfolding within stories unfolding within stories unfolding all about evelyn like i think that that's really cool um no absolutely um it it it's a surprising movie as well you know it 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 takes some real some real turns that are definitely um just not at all the joke that you see coming no no that you see coming in the slightest um and and there are certain return jokes that you don't expect them to return a and b not in the way that they do come back yeah um and and that's always great is to have like your your expectations subverted mm-hmm, for um sure. because we also see i think you know i think the 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 multiple universes idea is so popular currently in in sci-fi and storytelling right now. for sure everybody has a multiverse yeah you know um and so it can be a hard thing to make your version of it stand out um and also feel authentic and relevant to the story that you're telling Mm -hmm. um and i think that they use the concept really really effectively here yeah um and 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 I don't think that it ever feels like a cheat, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And it does feel distinct, and the way that they they use it is so so vast um, and so clever. I think that it it really helps it stand out as well. No, yeah, I love the way that they jump between worlds. I thought that that was a really cool, um, just like script choice. Honestly, at the end of the day, just have them do absurd things. I loved it. <laughs> do the least expected thing from moment to moment that would get you into the tra- trajectory of the of the timeline that you're looking for like i just i loved it i thought that, that was absolutely fantastic because then also you got to have like a whole bunch of people running around doing crazy shit this yeah. entire movie and it, again to your point it never felt like an authentic as well it didn't feel like a put on it felt like something that was 
of, co of course this is the way that you have to do it you yeah. know in order to get to this outcome uh, of course you know and they i think that they play that very well and very seriously as well mm -hmm. which i think is great no yeah like there are life and death stakes but like you do have to staple this piece of paper to your forehead <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the worst one is undoubtedly, uh, the paper cut. Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> the paper cut's just awful. Um, but I, I, I did really enjoy this movie a lot. It is one that I want to go back to. Um, it kind of also reminded me a little bit of, like, I Heart Huckabees, which is all about kind of, um, which I think is a, um, the David O. Russell movie which is also about, he did American Hustle and Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, and okay, 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 okay. Three Kings, I think. I don't know Three Kings, but I do know the other two. Um, that one's like Matt Damon, George Lucas, and I want to say Ice Cube? I hope so. I hope that this is a part of Ice Cube's acting career. And um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the movie David O. Russell used to have um, a bit of a temper. And I think that that's the movie where he and George Clooney got into a fist fight on set. Oh. Supposedly. Allegedly. I can't imagine George Clooney actually getting into a fight with anybody. Well, this was also back in 99. Oh, well, I mean, when you're young. <laughs> um, and I was right, it is Ice Cube. Yes. Uh, Perfect. But no, I I found this really charming um, and it kind of does live in that same space for me as things like Stranger Than Fiction, I Heart Huckabee's, um, Truman Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, um, I don't, um, Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, that's fair on a certain, no, I see exactly where you're at with Scott Pilgrim. That makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend, you know, going out and seeing it if you can, um, if you feel comfortable to. If not, then definitely when it comes out for VOD or or hopefully hard disk as well, you can go out and and watch it, you know, in some sort of capacity and well, I'll this was this was A twenty four, right? Yeah. They usually put it things yeah, out. Yeah, it should on, be coming out on, on disc, disc probably. Especially because I think that even though it's not like making groundbreaking amounts of money, I think that there's very definitely um, a, a core audience that is really reacting strongly to this movie. And I think that if they did a, a limited, or not even a limited, but a physical release, I think that there would definitely be a lot of people that would pick it up. I know that we would. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we also went and saw the new Michael Bay film, Ambulance, uh, which is based on another film, Ambulancen, which I'm going to go out on. Okay, it's a 2005 film. What country is it from? It was released in Denmark. I knew it. There we go. I knew that it was going to be something. Yeah, it says it over there. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I knew that it was going to be Nordic in some in some context. Once I saw that it was ambulance, and I was like, I know that it's going to be Nordic. Um, you just needed to pinpoint where. Yeah, uh, it's based on a uh, film from Denmark from two thousand five. Um, so at least this isn't one of those cases of like we did the foreign film last year, and then we're and next year we're immediately going to do the yeah. American version. No, I think that that's I think that that's a fair 
thought. Um, <laughs> it stars uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Garen, Garrett Dillahunt, uh, Aiza Gonzalez, uh, Keir O'Donnell, Jackson White, um, Cedric Sanders, and our premise is two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. Yeah, I mean... That's that's pretty much exactly what this movie is. Um, I... I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, I think that this movie was an insanely fun little thrill ride. It kind of scratched the same itch for me as, like, John Wick. It's this middle-budget adult action movie that has a lot of crazy practical shit in it. Yeah. Um, that is, is sort of just grisly simple fun. Um, I think that I would describe this movie as what if we took Fast and Furious concept and, and gave it a better writer. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, I was thinking it's, um, you know, it's speed um, meets a heist film. Yeah, for sure. And um, Michael Bay is such... I saw, like, this sort of discussion that was happening on on Twitter um, over Michael Bay as a filmmaker and whether or not he's good or bad and whether you have to be good to be considered, like, an auteur filmmaker, you know, if you mm-hmm. prescribe yourself to auteur theory. And I think that... Michael Bay, I think that, one, you don't have to be good, you know, to be uniquely you mm-hmm. in every single frame. Um, I think that we elevate the auteurs that are good, mm-hmm. right? But I think that you have absolute, you know, dumpster fire auteurs. You know, it's like a spectrum of Uwe Boll, who's kind of like a master of trash, Um all the way up to, you know, Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's kind of your spectrum. And so inside of that, you have multitudes. You have, you know, Paul Verhoeven. Mm-hmm. You have Michael Bay. Um, you have Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. So I think that Michael Bay is undeniably Michael Bay. Oh, for sure. Um... You can always tell a Michael Bay explosion because it has all of these, and we talked about it after the movie, all these spark elements that also come out in the explosion. It's never just a gas ball. Oh, yeah, no, but it, when it is a gas ball, it's like a huge monster one. It's mm-hmm. it's it's obnoxious how, how big and fiery some of those explosions were. Um, but I absolutely had a great time with this movie. I definitely understand why people have... Um, sort of a thematically love-hate relationship with Michael Bay and Michael Bay movies. And I certainly understand that. But I think that um, this movie was an absolute blast. It was some maniac shit. No, for sure. And, like, honestly, I think that this doesn't, like, take away my favorite Michael Bay movie from its, like, number one spot. What is your favorite Michael Bay movie? That's the first Transformers. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's the best movie ever. Um... (laughs) I love that movie. That movie's absolutely perfect. Even when it's even when it's cringy, it's it's perfect. Um but I felt like this movie 
this movie had a lot of great things in it and it ends up being a pretty great movie for the most part for me yeah i you know again there are some problems with it along the way um i think that the whole like gay couple in therapy scene is pretty eye roll worthy um because also it doesn't really do anything for the plot other than set up a character that who's gonna like we're gonna follow in this string of like police and mm -hmm. the bad guys and the emt and all of this stuff you know it's just another person on this list of people because also that's not even one of the scenes that i guess would connect him and the our main bad guy or jake gyllenhaal character or whatsoever mm -hmm. so it was just kind of like this was he was this is what he was doing earlier in the day before this happened absolutely um, speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, I'll also say that our three cast, I think, does a great job, but I think that two of them are in the same movie, and one of them is, is in, like, a slightly different movie. Mm. I think Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, the second, and Aiza Gonzalez are in the same movie. Where Jake Gyllenhaal is just having a good time. He's eating every scene pretty much that every time he's given the chance to speak he's pretty much trying to devour the entire picture well i think that for jake i think that he has a lot of fun playing the bad guy and things like i, yeah. I you can say that about um spider-man is it homecoming no uh, far it's uh, from far home. from home he's he's eating the scenery in that um and i think that in this especially yes i i completely agree with you that like every scene he gets to speak he's 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 he steals every bit of my attention yeah every time he's given something to do a line to say he pretty much just absolutely nails it he's kind of right up there this performance is kind of right up there with um with ben affleck in the last duel oh yes 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 where just he's just central. making yeah a lot of big choices at times and they're all paying off no yeah because they're also they still work for the movie that you're watching that they don't take away from it. But like, no, he's, he's like given me so much more of a, of a true character than, than either of our other characters are. But that's at the end of the day, I think what pinpoints him is specifically as our, as our true bad guy of the film is the fact that he also does have this like weird twirl my mustache energy the entire time. Yeah. He, he really is sort of a boiling pot. Yes. Until he's finally just sort of frothing over the edges of the of the of the of the pot. Yes. Um and it builds throughout the movie nicely, mm -hmm. you know, to the frothing roiling boil. Um, yes. Um I think that Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is doing a phenomenal job in this. Yeah. Um, he's just in a much more serious mood. Oh, yeah, but that's also because he's like, he's our good guy, bad guy, you know? Yeah, he's our straight-laced, good guy, sympathetic, you know, central character. For sure, and he's got, like, he's doing a great job. I think that his chemistry with um, with Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic. I think that his chemistry with the woman who plays his wife is, is great. I think that he's just a really good actor. Yeah, I've enjoyed him. We've seen him, you know, in, in Candyman. Yes. And then in, we saw him um, in Matrix Resurrections. Mm -hmm. um, and I enjoyed him in... in both of them. Yeah, I think that he's doing a phenomenal job. I think that some of the things that he ends up getting to do as an actor aren't as, as great as they probably could be, but it's not any fault to him. No, I think that he's doing a really great job. Um, it's one of those things where, like, I would like to see someone give you, like, a really good, meaty... Yeah, I want I want the, the true thing that's going to make 
him like the the star in my in my head I guess you know like these things have been like good but I want him to tr- truly like do something interesting that gets people like my mom to know who he is yeah no I see where you're at with that because I think that he's totally worthy of it you know phenomenal actor um and I and I do agree with you I think that um Aza yeah Aza Garcia's Gonzalez. I'm trying to read like over an obstacle. <laughs> um, Aza Gonzalez. I think that she does a phenomenal job. I'm not really familiar, I guess, with a lot of her career as an actor. Um, her face is very familiar. She was in Baby Driver. She was in Godzilla vs. Kong. She oh. was the uh, the daughter. Of the of the bad guy Jeff Bezos, played by Demian Bashir. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I completely forgot about that. Um, so okay, compared to I haven't seen Baby Driver in a really long time, um, but this compared to to Godzilla, um, Godzilla and Kong, I think that she's she's way more interesting in this. Yeah. Than she was obviously like she has a bigger role in in this than she did in in Godzilla and Kong. Um. But also, like she's she's such a Michael Bay par- uh, part, Type, in her. Yeah. like it it hurts almost. It's like the 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 unnaturally attractive female lead who who gets into like you know some crazy shit throughout the entire time, and like somehow while getting dirtier continues to look hotter. And you're just like it's 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 an impossible people goals to experience. Well, and it's it's also, you know, kind of not unlike the the Megan Fox role in Transformers in the sense of one brunette, two um standoffish in mm-hmm. some ways, but also hyper capable. Yes. You know, uh the Megan Fox character is a, was is hyper a, capable as a mechanic. Yeah, she was a mechanic. Could take a car apart. Like that's what you know made her interesting as a character, other than just being hot. Whereas like, um, Isa's character Cam Thompson is like a very capable EMT, but she's also smoking fucking hot, and like, literally the entire movie just constantly gets hit on by random people, and it's actually like it's. I thought that it was a really smart joke that they were playing and i think that that's also why these characters probably end up being um bitches in in film is because of the fact that like if that's how every guy approaches you of course you're gonna end up just starting to just be like no just leave me alone you know just like cut them down to size really quickly so that way you can move on with your day without being like harassed the entire day um so that makes sense but also like I guess I don't know if I necessarily believe believe that um this this woman who's probably in her like mid 30s is like that experienced of a EMT. No, I get where you're coming from with that. Unless like she straight up just like got out of I guess like she was supposed to be like a doctor. She's or... 2 years older than me, 3 years older than you. Oh, so she's not okay. Okay. So I guess I was right with saying like mid 30s. She's like what 30 32 she'll be 32 this year she her birthday hasn't happened yet already um so okay but still okay that's exactly then my point you know even with her being a failed doctor i think that that's pretty you just have to have this personality then like you have to just like love the job um i definitely don't think that any any doctor or emt would ever recommend um 
using a hair clip as a clamp on an artery oh I'm for an sh- organ that you're then going to put back into the into the body oh yeah no because i'm that, that hair clip is not sanitary no that's an infection that's just immediately started brewing inside of that body cavity i, I was thinking about that too and the fact that like that's oh uh, well, i guess not to give like too much away but like that's a really big deal of the movie and like the character that that's the moment where i'm like the character survives this and i'm just like this is that's the part where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There were a lot of other parts about that surgery where I was like, well, this this seems realistic, realistic, realistic. And then we just jumped off the deep end with the hair, hair clip. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> um, so not to not to go on too long with either of these, we forgot to, to rate the last one, so I guess we'll rate them both at the same time. Okay. Uh, what would you rate Everything Everywhere All at Once? Um, I think I'm going to give Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, I'm going to give it currently a four and a half. I would like to rewatch it, and I think that the second watch through will be a better experience just because of the environment, and I hate to, to give a knockoff of the movie because of the theater that we were in, but it was so distracting, and I was having a hard time following the movie because, like, it was just chitter-chatter happening everywhere, and I felt like I was constantly being pulled out of the film because of because of crappy neighbors. No, I think that's fair. I'll, I'll go four and a half as well. I would also like to watch it again and see, you know, how that affects uh, my score, if it affects it in any way. Um, I did think that it was a great movie for the most part. I thought that if I had to give it any sort of, you know, critique, it is that I thought that it was a little... Um, of a very chatty finale, mm-hmm. a little bit of a talk-heavy finale, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was all really, really good stuff, but it is something that I thought sort of um, pulled it down for me a little bit. It, I, th- I thought that it, I felt like it lost a little bit of immediacy mm-hmm. um, somewhat with how talk-heavy the finale was. But other than that, I really, really thought that it was tremendous and very clever and well done and, and fun. Yeah, and also, like, it's just so much fun to rewatch a movie after, like, getting that first thrill of, like, finishing out, especially something weird and new and different. Like, I, I want to, like, to kind of dive in and, and really pick this thing apart. Yeah. Um, what would you give as a rating to Ambulance? Um, I think I'm going to give Ambulance, like, a, a three and a half. I think that it's... I think that it is a good movie and I think that people are going to really enjoy it and I think it's got a lot of great action and a lot of great acting in it. I just think that it is also at the, at the end of the day just another action movie. No, that's fair. Um I'll go I'll go 3 and a half I think as well. Um Yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't do anything that's truly all that um you know, vastly different or challenging or interesting. Um, but it does exactly what it wants to do, I think, and it does it really, really well. Um, and I think that it's absolutely a good example of Michael Bay doing an incredibly, uh, even if it's almost too lean, lean action thriller with a, with a, with a, with a really sub- simple premise and good cast. Yeah, like, I, I think that I would definitely recommend this movie to people, but I don't know if I necessarily, like, need to own it. Yeah, 
I see where you're at with that. I might watch it again, but I'm not sure how often it's one that I would go back to. No, yeah, and I think that that's where I, um, that's where I'm at with it. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, again, they had some really, like, some things were really fun, really unique, like, little tricks that, like, they used to get out of, that's the, the entire time they're just trying to get away from the cops, pretty much, is this movie. And it's just, like, different ways of doing that. It's, like, a very lengthy... It's like the movie version of what could have been a level in Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that totally makes sense. It does feel like a, a really nice what if Grand Theft Auto V was a real movie. This is a, a level that had, you know, Franklin and Trevor in it. Yeah. You know, that didn't make it into the game, and so they sold this concept as a... <laughs> and they and it's now starring, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Yeah. And that's it. Um, <laughs> but I think that that works in its favor. No, yeah, on a lot of it's, levels. It's like I said earlier. Like I love the Fast and Furious franchise. I think that it is absolute turn off your brain fun and just like a crazy car movie. Whereas, like I think that this is like that, but without all of the like. It's absolute... more like the first Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's 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 more grounded. It's more serious and like definitely at the end of the day more more practically like executed i would say than like yeah. half of the stunts in fast and furious <laughs> no i i absolutely agree with that assessment um it's one of those that i think that i will eventually buy but it's not going to be one of those that i like rush out to get first day no you know, yeah kind of thing well, that's pretty much all that we have for y'all. We just wanted to go and, and do this little sort of quick bonus episode and, and review something new for y'all. Yeah. You know, while it's new. So I definitely recommend going out and checking both of those out in theaters. Um, Ambulance, especially in IMAX, if you can, because it's just such a big, insane experience. No one should have given Michael Bay a drone. Ha 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 Yes, yes. Some great shots in this movie. I think that it's almost destiny that one of these days he's going to try and fly an IMAX camera by drone. Oh, gosh. If that thing crashes, people are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all that we have for y'all. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And uh, be sure to check out our most recent episode. And also be sure to come back Thursday or fr- Friday for our second religious horror episode uh, all about the show Midnight Mass. Bye, y'all. Bye.